Good morning. Jake came up to me earlier and said, I'm excited to hear you. And I was like, nervous. Every time I, in Sunday school I can teach fine. I'm not nervous. But then if you ask me to preach up here, I'm like, I get the butterflies in the stomach. I mean, actual butterflies flying around in there. So every time I stand up here, I'm just like, okay. It's not my words, it's God's words. That's what I always have to remember when I'm up here. And well, as well as teaching Sunday school, but. But I'm always thankful for opportunities when I get to teach the Bible, uh, whether it's Sunday school or up here in front of you guys and in front of anybody. Um, but I'm just excited as well. And Jake said he's excited. I'm excited to teach the Bible too. So I hope you guys are excited to hear what God has for us today. Uh, Jake preached last week on Hebrews 11. Endure by faith was his title. So. We have this uh, idea of an endurance in the, last week and this week. That's what our theme was. Um, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. That was what we read last week, what we learned about last week. What is the foundation of my faith? That was the question I wrote down when I was thinking, when Jake was preaching and I was meditating in my own on the seat over there when I was listening to Jake. What is my foundation of faith? Where is my faith? Located at. We are called to endure with confidence in God and His promises, which Jake mentioned last week. That was the main idea. And me and Jake met on Wednesday. We met for the past three weeks, was it Jake? Three weeks we've met so far? Talking about what we're going to preach on and how it connects with um, his sermon and my sermon and what how we can present it. And I shared with him last Wednesday this quote from St. Augustine. And I said, Jake, he summarizes it better than I can ever summarize it. And he was like, why didn't you give me that before I preach? And St. Augustine said this, and it summarizes Jake's message very well, better than I can ever do. He said this, Faith is to believe what you do not see. The reward of this faith is to see what you believe. Isn't that good? When I, when I read that quote, I was like, man, i got to tell Jake about that. So I did, and he was like, why didn't you give that to me earlier? So today we're going to take a look at endurance in Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 today. Before I do, let's pray that God will just teach us through His Word. It's not my Word, remember, it's His Word through me. God, I pray today that You would use my mouth for Your glory and honor. Help me to rely on You today and help these people here in these chairs to have attentive ears to what you have for us from Hebrews 12 today about endurance. Thank you for the opportunity to be here with these brothers and sisters and just the other people that are here as well. The kids especially help them to uh, get something out of it even if it's a little thing. Thank you so much and be listening. Amen. Uh, before we go on, I want you to re- think about these two definitions of endurance. Okay, can you think about these definitions as we go through this text? First definition, the ability to do something difficult for a long time. That's endurance. Definition number two, the state or fact of persevering. So I want you to remember and think about those two definitions as we go through the text together. 
the ability to do something difficult for a long time, and the state or fact of perseverance. Uh, Hebrews 12, 1-3 was on my mind for a while, even before Andy asked me to preach. I had it in mind. Um, it was just, it came to my mind about a month ago, and I was like, man, that's a good passage. I preached on it in Korea. It's way different than I preached on Korea. It's different circumstances, different perspectives. But when Andy asked me, he, I, I texted him, I was like, is there any topics you want me to do? <laughs> do you have anything in mind what we can do? And he's like, oh, do whatever you want. So I was like, okay. Right back, I texted immediately, Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, that's what I'm going to do. Because it was on my mind. So, Jake kind of got roped into doing Hebrews 11 or the rest of chapter 12, so he chose chapter 11, which he did a fine job to lead us into the text we're going to do this morning. So thank you, Jake, for preaching last week about endure by faith and what faith is all about. And while I was thinking about this passage and what I'm going to preach on and teach you guys from it, I was just bombarded from all directions with things that reminded me of this text. Whether it was watching The Flash show, I love that show. Whether it was reading books I've been reading the last month. Whether it was listening to music in my car, Christian rap music especially. Whether it was doing 10,000 push-ups in 30 days, it reminded me of this. And also just reading biblical examples. It was just, I was bombarded from all directions. Whether I was watching TV or reading books or listening to music. Wherever I was, I was like, man, I could use that in my sermon. Sometimes God works that way, um, even in everyday things. It's like, oh, what's that Bible passage? I just read this week yesterday. So I was just bombarded with stuff. And I was like, man, it has to be. I have to teach this. It's just meant to be. But he was teaching me more just about the race that I'm in and the race we're in as followers of Jesus. As I'm thinking of this passage and what we need to do to run it well. You can run a race, but sometimes you just don't run it well. But this text teaches us and reminds us we're in a race but it also teaches us how to run it well. So we're going to learn that this morning together, I hope. <laughs> now remember that, I think Jake mentioned it as well, not maybe quite like this, but remember I'm not perfect. And I don't want you leaving here saying, well Keith said this, so I'm going to do this or that. Just because Keith said it. Up, up front preaching. Don't, don't say that when you go outside in your car and in the week. Well Keith said that, I can do it. My desire is to teach the text and to point you and myself to Jesus. That's why I teach the Bible. When I was teaching in Korea, yeah, you can teach a lesson and just have fun and if the kids are having fun, it's easy to do that. But if you don't, I taught Bible class, if you don't point them to Jesus, then you did not do anything, right? So that's my desire today. So don't listen to my words. I know you're listening to my voice, but listen to God and what he has for us to learn, and what he wants us to do in our race today. So if you haven't turned already, which some of you probably have already, because you know the text, it's in the bulletin, Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, we're going to read that together. So you can follow along, and I'll read it aloud for us. It says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, 
Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And like me, when I'm listening, I know most of you have a pen and paper. Here's where we're headed this morning, though, if you want to write this down. The main idea today is this. In the in the race, sorry, in the race of faith, endure to the end. In the race of faith, endure to the end. That's our main focus today. But there's two things in this passage. How are we, as followers of Jesus, to run this race we are in? Here's two things that we're going to hash out when we teach this and you learn it together with me today. Number one, let us lay aside hindrances. Let us lay aside in hindrances. That was a hard word for me to say. And number two, let us look to Jesus. So we have number one, let us lay aside hindrances. And number two, let us look to Jesus. That's what we're going to kind of explain and discuss and learn today together. Let's look at verse 1 again. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Now, when I read the Bible, and I was teaching in Korea the Bible class over there, in every class, whenever we came to a word therefore, I always told the kids, we need to remember why it is there. You can't, words are important to me when I read. If I remember a word, I'm like, what does that mean? Or i got to look it up. I know my wife always looks up words when she reads you got to know what it means. So why is it there? Because he's telling us to remember something. It reminds us not to forget what was just written. So what was just written? Hebrews chapter 11. It was read very nicely by Trevor last week, and Jake challenged us to read through it in the week. Did anybody do that? I did it this morning, the last second. Did anybody do it? Be honest. You don't have to raise your hand if you don't want to. But I did it this morning because it was on my mind the whole week. I'm like, well, Jake told me to do it. I got to do it, right? And it's Hebrews 11. I got to read that because it's before what I'm preaching. So I read it this morning and it just discusses these men and women of the faith. These people had faith. Now, these people weren't perfect. Like, we're not perfect. With this question, nobody would raise their hand. Are we perfect? Is anybody perfect in here? No. These heroes didn't, they weren't perfect. But they had faith. And what did Jake preach last week? Endure by faith. They had endurance because of their faith. So why does the writer want us to remember them? For me, he's setting the scene. Okay? You like scenes? Pictures? Now, I want everybody to close your eyes. I want everybody to close your eyes. Don't fall asleep. But if you close your eyes, you can picture it. Okay? I want you to paint a picture in your mind how he's setting the scene here while I read it. And it's not going to be exactly like the ESV. So, bear with me. Just picture it in your mind. So close your eyes and picture this. People, we are in a race. But we are not running alone. There is a massive stadium full of witnesses. They are watching you run, but they are not just watching 
They are encouraging you on in the race that is set before you. They are cheering us on. You can open your eyes again. Did you picture it? You know, when you're just sitting there, sometimes when you close your eyes, you just see things. Like you're picturing something that you want to do. That's what he's doing here. He's reminding us of these heroes or people that have faith in chapter 11. We're surrounded by them. It's kind of this massive stadium. I like to see massive stadiums full of people. I was watching the Louisville Clemson game last night on TV. There was a ton of people there. Maybe not that many, but there was a ton. The stadium was packed. That's what it looks like in my mind. They're watching us and encouraging us on. A preacher named Stephen Cole said this about these witnesses. He said, Keep going, I made it, and you can too. I know it's hard, but the reward is worth it. Don't quit. The finish line is not too far ahead. I did it, you can too. You picture Abraham saying that, Moses saying that, Rahab saying that. I did the race. You can too. Don't give up. Don't quit. And Paul wrote this. Okay, now I want you, I encourage you and myself to surround your people that, you know, encourage you. And don't forget to encourage them back. You know, if somebody texts me that says, Hey, I'm praying for you. I'll text them back. Thank you. I needed that. Or thank you for praying for me. I've got, you know, a few texts over the week saying, I'm praying for you for the Sunday. And it's encouraging. But I can't forget to encourage them back. Uh, Andy texted me this morning and said, I'm praying for you. So I texted him back. Thank you. And how are you doing? And he said, that fine. We're going to check out this city. I forget the city. And then we're coming back tomorrow. That's what he said. But I encouraged him. How are you? And he was doing well. Kind of reminds me, like, we can't forget about others. Sometimes in the week, I'm like, I forget to text people or see how they're doing. Let's not forget people. And let's surround ourselves with people that encourage us. And this is what Paul wrote. It reminded me of Romans chapter 1. When Paul writes to the Romans, he writes that he wants to see them. He mentions them in his prayers. He wants to impart some spiritual gift to strengthen them, but why does he do it? This is what he says, Romans chapter 1, verse 12. He says, That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. He doesn't do it to just encourage them. He says, I'm doing it because I want to be mutually encouraged by you, so our faiths are being mutually encouraged. That's what Paul says. He writes to them. He's encouraging them by saying, I'm mentioning you in prayers. I want to see you. But I, I know I want to come, but there's things that are stopping me from coming. But he doesn't do it just to encourage them. He does it because he is mutually encouraged by their faith. Isn't that good? So, when we think about this, yes, we're surrounded by this massive stadium of witnesses. But we, we need more than that, don't we? We need more than just everybody surrounding us saying, go on, go on, do it, do it. Come on, you can do it. The finish line's over there. Just look at it. We need more than that. There are certain things we got to do. So look at the end of verse 1 here. So we're surrounded by this, just think of it, a stadium of witnesses. And I, and I don't think it's just the Hebrews 11 witnesses. That, that's why I said surround yourself with people around you that encourage you. Those are witnesses too. 
End of verse 1. Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So, first, we have to lay aside hindrances. And there's two hindrances that are mentioned here. You have weight and sin. First, we're going to talk about the weight here. So, we need to get rid of everything that's weighing us down. Leon Morris, a commentator, wrote this. Some things that are not wrong in themselves hinder us in putting forward our best efforts. Um, when I saw Trevor and Carolyn this morning, Carolyn gave me a DVD to watch. Last week she mentioned it. I was like, oh, I have to watch that one. So she gave it to me. And then I told him, well, when I was preparing for this, I, I cut down on TV watching the past three weeks or so. I didn't watch as much of my show. And I, and I focused on meditating and thinking about this passage. It helped me. So some things that are not necessarily wrong in themselves need to, you know, be put, put aside. Because they get in the way of putting forward our best effort. Anything that is slowing you down at running in peak for performance, you need to get rid of. Um, I ran track and field in college for one year. That's it. Just one year. Um, my team would practice in cold weather and hot weather as well. But during those cold weather practices, we had on sweatshirts, big sweatshirts, sweatpants, hats, all the gloves even. And we're practicing out there and we're running. Now, when race day came, did I keep the sweatpants and sweatshirts and hats and gloves on? Everybody say no. No, I did not. Why? Because my times would be just as in practice, very slow. You know, you're running in the with those sweatpants, you know, the wind pants, the wind gets them and you slow it. Oh, man, I'm running fast, but I'm not going anywhere. So on race day, we had to just get rid of all that outerwear, all those heavy sweatshirts and sweatpants, and get down to our tracksuit so we can run faster times. So those outer garments, they weighed us down, right? That's the same way in our race of faith. It's not necessarily a bad thing to watch TV, to watch a basketball game, or to read books, fun books, you know, to hang out with friends, to whatever you want to say. It's not bad to do those things, but if it's hindering us and weighing us down, we got to just put it aside. Anything that makes your trust in God weaker, get rid of it. If it's not making you a stronger Christian, throw it out. So that's why I gave up. You know, I still watch TV over the three weeks, but not as much. You know, I, when I sit down, sometimes I watch three shows in a row, and I'm like, oh, that's it. And mine are 40-minute shows, so that's almost two hours. You know? So, but it is two hours. But we got to get rid of it sometimes. If it's not making us stronger, or if it's weighing us down, making us weaker. So that's weight. Okay? Not necessarily bad things in themselves, but sometimes we got to get rid of them. And then we come to sin, which is a different word. You must also lay aside any sin that is so easy to do. It says in the ESV, sin which clings so closely to you. You know how kids just cling on to your leg, and you're like, well, I can't walk, just get off my leg. That's what I picture there. It's so it clings so closely to you. It's just there. It's just easy to do. We got to get rid of it. 
Again, the, the same preacher, Stephen Cole, said this, you can't run the Christian race if you keep tripping over your sins. You ever run and you trip? There is this spot in the sidewalk at Louisville Seminary that almost every time I walk by it, I trip on it. You know, it's the lip, you know, at, at the same spot. I mean, 80% of the time, my toe hits it and I like fall. Not all the way on the ground, but I trip. That's what Stephen Cole says. You can't run this Christian race if you're always tripping over the same sin. And remember, way back, I don't remember this exact day, but James chapter 1, when Andy preached, 14 and 15, it says this, But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Powerful verse. Starts with that enticement, then conceived birth or sin, then when sin is mature, it brings forth death. To run the Christian race the best you can, get rid of any sins that are dragging you down. So we have the weight, not necessarily bad things. TV, cell phones, hanging out with friends, whatever it may be, get rid of those. But the sin we need to get rid of as well. That are those sins that are just so closely to you, you know, those they're so easy to do. Put them aside. Get rid of them. Another preacher said this, Ray Stedman. The race, of course, is life itself. Since it is God who gives us life, it is also God who starts us in this race. We are all here for a purpose, and that purpose is to live our lives in fulfillment of God's intent for us. So in this race, but our purpose to run the race is to live how God wants us to live. So we got to get rid of those two things, the weights and the sin that is closely clinging to us. So running the race requires not only faith, which we learned last week from Jake's message, it's Hebrews 11, it also involves laying aside these things. Now here at the end of verse 1, which is our main point, endure to the end, we read, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Now life is not a 100 meter dash. I never ran the 100 meter dash. I was the 200 guy. It's a marathon. Kelsey ran the marathon. Who else ran a marathon? Anybody? It's a long race. But it's not a 100 meter dash. It's a marathon. The course may have flat parts. I like the flat parts. Uphills, I don't like those. Downhills, which are... It's hard to run downhill too, but they have downhills, which is easier with a bike. Stairs, or whatever other obstacle, life has those things. The race has those things. You must be prepared to keep going no matter what happens. Remember our main idea for today. In the race of faith, endure to the end. Now I said earlier that I was bombarded with all these things reminding me of the race and I mentioned the Flash show and this was the example that I was like man it's sticking to me the Flash anybody know what the Flash is I know Jake does but the Flash show is my favorite show one of my favorite shows <laughs> and Barry Allen the Flash took a lot of time because he kind of changed the timeline which is not really nobody can change the timeline but he changed the timeline and he saw the future 
of what was going to happen to his fiance Iris West. And he knew somebody was going to kill him, kill her. Which his name was Savitar. He was another speedster. So he and his team took all this time to try to alter the timeline so this other speedster will not kill his fiance Iris in the future. So they were kind of altering it. Eventually they did stop him from killing Iris. But the speed force where a speedster had to be trapped was unstable. And the city would just be destroyed if they didn't stable the speed force, which is kind of the place of eternity in this show. So Barry Allen, the Flash, was going to walk into there and be trapped in there and leave his normal life and just be trapped in the speed force to, so the city wouldn't be destroyed. But before he goes into there and everybody's saying bye to him and they're sad, his mom appears, which died a long time ago. His mom appears and says this, which reminded me of Hebrews 12. His mom said, like all runners, eventually reach the finish line, his race is over. So the Flash accomplished something that he wanted to accomplish to not let his fiance get killed. That happened, and his mom says, like all runners, eventually reach the finish line. Barry Allen, the Flash's race is over. He has to come in. So the Flash entered the Speed Force and the city was not destroyed. And that's how season three ended. And I was like, oh, i got to wait for season four for that. But that reminded me of this passage. We are in a race. We may not know our finish line yet. But we know our end goal. We want to spend eternity with Jesus, right? So let's run the race with endurance with that in our mind. Because we don't know when our race is going to be over. So I challenge you and encourage you, don't give up in the race that is set before you. Now, that was just verse 1. We could finish there, right? But, just watch this. Watch what the writer does here. The writer's not done with the race, okay? The question for you now, what is the primary reason one keeps running in this race of faith? Look at verse 2. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. You can consistently and confidently run the race with endurance when you fix your eyes on Jesus. The Greek word here meant it was no casual glance, but a firmly fixed gaze. And you know what this looks like. When kids are glued to the TV, they're like, hey, Kezia, you want to get something? No, I don't watch the TV. Theo, are you listening? No, he's fixed on that show you watch. You know what that means. You know what that is. It's not like a casual, you just look and then look away. So, fix your eyes on Jesus. Another commentator, Moffat, writes this, We are to run this race with no eyes for anyone or anything except Jesus. Don't run this race of faith with anything else in mind. Just look to Jesus. Because he's the one who initiated our faith, and he's the one who will perfect our faith. 
Jesus is the source of life, salvation, and faith. And he's also the one that showed us the way. The message paraphrase says this. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed, that exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. Jesus endured the race that was set before him to the point of death. But, I always like to say this, but he's not dead. He's not dead. He is seated at the right hand of God being the mediator between us and God the Father. Jesus saw, and you see it here, it says, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. That phrase might be like, what does that mean? And as I was studying and meditating on it, and, you know, when me, Jake, and Andy met one time, we were, I was trying to see what they thought about it. And this is what, and I agree with this commentator. Leon Morris writes this about this joy that was who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Leon Morris says, Jesus went to the cross because of the joy it would bring. Uh, Leon Morris gave two definitions, but he says this is probably the preferable one for him. And I agree with him. Jesus went to the cross because of the joy it would bring. And what joy is that? He brought salvation to those he loved. He accomplished his mission. Why did he come to earth? <laughs> to die. For our sins. He accomplished his mission. He completed his race on earth as a human. But he's now seated at the right hand of the Father. He's still doing things for us. Let us continue to run the race and finish well. Here's Philippians 1, 6, one of my favorite verses. I'm sure of this, Paul writes, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Keep your eyes locked on Jesus and run with consistent and confident endurance. Because we can't run with consistent and confident endurance. Why? Because we're looking to the one who already did it. Jesus. But now, you know, verse 2 goes with it. Verse 3, you know, in most Bibles it starts a new section. But those weren't the originals, right? Verse 3 goes with this. The next word it says, consider him, which is Jesus, who endured who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. So Jesus endured severe hostility from sinners, but he still ran the race well. Now we must understand that knowing Jesus and running the race with him in mind is going to give us joy and is far greater than any hostility we may receive from sinners or whatever difficulty we may go through. If we know Jesus and have Him in mind, we're going to run well and it's going to give us joy, no matter what happens in our life. So whatever life throws at you, 
you can get through it because we have Jesus as a resource to draw upon. Remember verse 2. Looking to Jesus, the founder of our faith, and the perfecter of our faith. And he's seated at the right hand of God. He's still working for us and in us. Romans 13, 14 was brought to my mind, I think this morning actually, or the other day, yesterday or today. It says this, Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. You wake up in the morning and put Jesus on? To be honest, I don't. Most days. I need to. At 4.30 when I wake up, i got to say, Jesus, you're with me. On this bus, you're with me. Because the bus is hard. Every time I talk to somebody and they know I'm a bus driver, they're like, oh, that's a hard job. I don't want that. It is hard. But you got so many kids. You don't know where they're coming from. So i got to put on Jesus. Some days I walk in my bus and I walk up and down the seats and say, Jesus, I need you today. So, when you're getting weary or faint-hearted, and at times you just feel out of it, sometimes I just feel out of it, I'm like, man, I just want to not be around people. Fix your eyes on Jesus, and think about Him, and how He ran His race, and what He went through. Now, I was reading a book I had in one of my classes, and actually it was a class I took at junior college, on my year off of regular Bible college. The book said this, Outside the Bible, there's not really much historical proof of Jesus, the life of Jesus, outside the Bible, the Scriptures. So I challenge you, grab your Bible and read it. Read about the life of Jesus. You know, when I read about the life of Jesus and what he did and how, what he taught and how he just, what he went through to accomplish his mission, it just gives me energy to keep going. Because when you read what he went through, you know, I don't go through half that stuff, or any of that stuff. I don't know about you, but I don't go through anything that Jesus went through. Gives me energy to keep going. Because what are we supposed to do? Look at Jesus and consider him. Think about him. Remember the scripture reading this morning, Philippians chapter 2? Jesus being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Um, the cross was a shameful way to die in the Roman, Roman crucifixion. It's a shameful way to die. Jesus went through that for us. So when you consider Jesus, just think about that. Think about what he went through, what we go through. We can get through it. We can get through it, and we can have energy from reading his life and thinking about what he went through and what he did. It gives us energy. I found something in my desk drawer that I wrote. I forget when I wrote it. It was in the last year. But I forget when I wrote it. But the title of it was Journey. I wrote about my journey as a follower of Jesus. I forget when I wrote it, so I, when I found it, I'm like, oh, man, that is perfect. Because I wrote about it. That was my journey as a follower of Jesus. It was actually in September of 1997, so 20 years ago. 
maybe this date, I don't know. I forget the exact date. But 20 years ago, I decided to seriously say, publicly say, I want to follow Jesus. And there were key verses I wrote down and said my description, and one of them was Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. This is a passage that helped me on my journey. And I wrote this. I don't write it to be like, I want to share my thoughts, but I write it to encourage you. This is what I wrote. Along this journey, there is a crowd of witnesses watching. The weights and sins that drag me down must be laid aside. When I am free of these hindrances, I will be able to run with endurance. But I can't stop at that and call it good. Yes, the things that drag me down and take me off course are laid aside, but there's more to the race that is before me. In my journey, I must look unto Jesus, the founder and perfecter of faith. He's the reason I can run with endurance. He keeps me on the correct track. Now, when I write stuff down, sometimes I lose it. But when you read something, you know, you're like, damn, when did I write that down? And it encouraged me. My own writing encouraged me. So when we write in journals, or some of you may do that, go back to them. What did you write 20 years ago? What did you write a year ago? What did you write last night? That encouraged me. And I wanted to encourage you with that. He's the reason I can run with endurance. He keeps me on the correct track. In conclusion, I want to also share what Jesus taught. If you want to turn with me to Matthew chapter 37, chapter 7. In the Sermon on the Mount, he says this, which will encourage you in this race of faith. Because the race of faith, this life of Jesus, following Jesus is not easy, right? And this reminded me again of the race we're in. This is what Jesus taught, Matthew chapter 7, 13 and 14. He says this, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are few, or are many. Sorry. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. The life Jesus calls us to is not easy. It's hard. Few find it. I like that word, it's hard. It's difficult. Because it is difficult. You wake up in the morning, you don't want to go to work sometimes. You don't want to be around the kids sometimes. You just want to be alone. You know, you may get in an accident, it's like, what's happening to me? It's a hard life that Jesus calls us to. And few find it. I never assume anything when I'm teaching the Bible. I invite those who have never started the race of faith to start today. Call on Jesus to help you and rescue you and to begin a work in you, starting with salvation. You know, you can't finish the race of faith if you never started. So if you need to start it today, it's a good day to do it. But I also invite those who have started the race of faith in Jesus. Whenever that may have been, mine was 20 years ago. I don't know when yours was. 
But I charge you to fix your eyes on Jesus and consider him and lay aside those hindrances that are getting in the way of allowing you to run well. And I encourage you to continue in your race. Because Hebrews chapter 11, people that had faith, they had to continue. They doubted and tried to do their own things. But continue in your race. If you started it, continue in it. It's hard, but it's worth it. I want to read again Hebrews chapter 12, verse 3. At the end, when we think about Jesus, so that you may not grow weary or faint hearted. 